Welcome back to the podcast. Happy November. Happy November. It is November 1st. That's the earliest you'll be hearing this episode. So happy November. I am your host, Amaka. This is the Bibliotherapy for Black Women podcast. How are y'all doing? How are y'all doing? As always, you know, obviously I can't hear your responses, but I make it a point to ask this because in case you want to use it as an opportunity, just quickly, whether you're in your kitchen listening or you are tidying up your space while listening or you are walking while listening or driving while listening or on the train or bus or wherever, just take a moment for yourself and just check in with yourself. Ask yourself internally how you're doing and kind of do a quick pulse check a quick soul check and you know take note and see if there's anything that needs tuning up so again I ask how are you guys doing I hope you're doing well I hope the ears that my voice is falling on I hope you guys are doing well If you are going through a challenging time, I'm sending you love. I'm sending you support. I am sending you good vibes and strength. And I hope that you see yourself on the other side of whatever it is very soon. How am I doing? I'm doing well. It is a Saturday night when I am recording. I went to brunch with a friend and her sisters today, and it was really great to see her. I met her at a game night earlier this year, and we clicked. So we went out for lunch in the spring, and we went out for brunch again today and her sisters are in town so she brought her sisters so it was me her her two sisters so four of us in total and it was just really good to see her again and I'm realizing you know friendships are funny and I've talked about friendships on this podcast before but you know The process of going from a stranger to an acquaintance to a friend to a good friend is interesting in terms of kind of like the mental process of reclassifying what the context or, you know, the relationship is. And after the initial meeting and, you know, the two lunches that we've had now, I am definitely feeling more like she is someone who I consider a good friend now, even though it's only been like three times we've met. And I say that because she is funny. (laughs) She's very funny. And she has shown that she is interested 
you know, she's interested in a friendship with me and she has made it clear that she likes me and she wants to keep in touch with me. And she's always enthusiastic when we are in contact, you know, whether it's on WhatsApp or or we're messaging or whatever, like she's always enthusiastic to hear from me. I'm always enthusiastic to hear from her. I asked her if she wanted to go to lunch. She said yes. And this was maybe last week. And this girl still came to lunch after a 12 hour night shift because she's a pediatric medical resident. And if she told me that she couldn't make it, she just got off a 12 hour shift and, you know, was dead tired, I would have understood. I would have understood. (laughs) But she got off the shift at 630, went home, slept for an hour or two and came with her sisters for the brunch. And we were talking, clicking, having a good time. We took pictures. She hugged me like such a warm hug. She was asking me, how are you doing? Like in a way, like talk to me, like, how are you doing? So, you know, I was talking to her. And after we parted ways, she sent me the pictures and we took pictures at our from our brunch in May, too. So it's like slowly building like a friendship catalog. I don't know. (laughs) But just like chronicling the progression of a budding friendship, you know, is beautiful. And I don't know if she's going to listen to this episode because I just told her today that I, <laughs> that I, um, I have a podcast. So, you know, this is just me reflecting. I had a good time with her and we have already made plans to meet up again after the holiday because we're both going to be busy. And, you know, I have just resolved in myself that this is a friendship that I want to put effort in, let it, you know, grow and so that we can get closer because you need good friends in this life. You need community. You need community. So I appreciate you, girl. You know who you are (laughs) Um, if you're listening to this. So yes, I went to brunch. I walked around the city a little bit. The brunch spot was kind of like Chinatown adjacent. So I walked a little bit. I didn't want to kind of like just drive straight home and, you know, plop on the bed or whatever. I was like, let me walk off this brunch. I just ate a little bit. So I walked for about an hour and then walked back to my car and then came home. And, um, you know, I just kind of chilled a little bit. And now I'm recording. So I am planning to go to Texas for the holidays. I'm going to be there for three weeks. I just want to spend some extended time with my family and just take a break from the New York scene. Um, Texas is definitely more laid back. It'll be warmer, too. So just kind of being there it'll be quieter it'll be calmer and I feel like my body is kind of craving that a little bit and I personally cannot wait to go I'm planning to do a lot of reading a lot of writing reflecting resting 
Um, and I did not intend to use all the words that start with R, but it just worked out that way. I plan to podcast, plan to record, and um, there will not be, I will share this reminder again with upcoming episodes, but I will not post a January 1st episode. So I'm going to, after the December 15th episode, that'll be the last episode of the year. I will not post a January 1st episode. I want to take a couple weeks break from editing and posting, but I will be recording. And the first episode of 2023 will post on January 15th. So that's my plan. And I think that's how I'm going to do my podcast schedule going forward. I will do like the December into January monthly break. And then I will do like the June into July monthly break, which I did earlier this year. So I think that, you know, that helps with not getting burnt out and just some, you know, just having some time to just think about the podcast and the direction and the ideas I want to go with for the next year which can change, but it's good to have a plan. So that's my that's my plan for the holiday season. I'll be in New York up until like mid-December, and then I will be out, and then I'll come back in a few weeks after that. So, yep, that is kind of what's going on right now. Still working, still, you know... I'm getting more acclimated every day. You know, my patient load is slowly increasing. And I'm really appreciative for the flexibility that my job affords me because I can go to Texas for three weeks and not miss a beat because I can see my patients from there. I'm only going to have to be mindful of the time change with scheduling, but otherwise I can see my patients anywhere in the country which is amazing. You know, if I want to go somewhere, I don't have to worry about requesting PTO, worrying if it's going to be approved or denied. You know, if there was an issue with travel, I wouldn't be anxious about if I'm going to get back in time. Like there's just a level of anxiety and stress that I'm able to avoid with working from home and just working with a practice that's just so flexible and accommodating. And I really appreciate that. I know everybody does not have that luxury, so I don't take it for granted. So yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with me. What am I reading right now? I am reading Notes on Grief by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And she wrote this book after she lost her father. And I believe she also lost her mother too, like months after her father's death. So I'm reading that book right now. It's very short. It's like almost like a booklet, but it's hardcover. It's about 60-ish pages. So that's going to be an upcoming episode before the year ends. And I am also reading Healing Trauma by Peter Levine. And that's also going to be an upcoming episode before the year ends. And I'm going to tie that book into the topic of post-traumatic stress disorder. So that's those are a couple of episode 
topics you guys can expect to hear from me about before the end of 2022. So, yeah. Okay. We're talking about seasonal depression this episode. That is the main topic. And I wanted to touch on this episode, even if briefly, because it is a real thing. It is a real thing. Symptoms of depression can definitely set in with the changing seasons, particularly when we're going from warmer weather and longer days to cooler weather and shorter days. We are living in more darkness. We are getting less sunlight and it can definitely impact our mood and how we're able to handle the day. So I wanted to talk quickly just about if you have experienced seasonal depression in the past or have not, but maybe you think that you are going through it or might you have a high risk of it or you just want to kind of be in the know just in case it happens. I wanted to serve as a resource for what you could expect if you think you're going through it or but you're not sure or you think it could happen. Um, So seasonal depression also is known as seasonal affective disorder and it's usually starts with a change of seasons. This is from when we're going from summer to fall. It can also happen kind of like in the opposite direction, going from winter to spring into summer. But we won't touch too much on that today. I want to more so talk about what happens when we're shifting into the end of the year and the colder season. So... A lot of the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder are consistent with the symptoms of major depressive disorder, which I've already done an episode on, and it's in the catalog if you want to ever go back and listen to that episode. But the difference between major depressive disorder and seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression is that it is attached to the seasonal timeline. You might be fine for most of the year and then symptoms of depression set in once this transition comes along. And kind of just to review what those symptoms could be. Feeling sadder than you typically would, having your mood be lower, feeling depressed for a lot of the day or almost the whole day. You can also develop anxiety as a symptom. You can start to feel a lot more tired. One reason why this might happen is with the shorter days, you're getting less sunlight and the longer nights, you're getting more darkness. That is cueing your body to develop more melatonin. And melatonin is a hormone. It's a signal for the body to kind of wind it down because it thinks it's getting ready for sleep. So with that, you might just naturally feel more fatigued, especially as the day is starting to end. So trouble concentrating, focus can also be impacted. You can start to lose interest in the things that you like to do. So that's also something that can be a challenge and you may have to, you know, 
put in a little bit more effort in staying engaged. It's not impossible, but it can be harder. Um, And kind of having the awareness of maybe you having an increased risk of developing this can help you kind of uh, search for tools to be able to move through it, you know, kind of be aware of it, get the support and help you need and move through it so you aren't completely disengaged um, from the things that normally bring you happiness and joy. It can impact your sleeping. I mentioned the increased melatonin from the longer nights um, can prompt you to feel more tired. So if you feel like you are just a lot more sleepier or you could go longer when it comes to sleeping, if it feels a little bit harder to wake up in the morning, those are not unusual when it comes to this. And you may... This is more of an extreme symptom, but it is definitely important to mention. You might start having some suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideations, because it can get it can get pretty tough with this transition with some people. And it may mean um, stronger support is needed for those individuals. So it is definitely a symptom where if you are dealing with it, talking to a mental health professional, somebody like myself is a very important so that you can get the support that you need and you know move through what you are going through when it comes to the thoughts in your mind and wondering you know how things would be easier if you were here and you know how things can just feel so much harder at this time of the year so yeah that's very important too Another concern or symptom of seasonal depression is you may crave more carbohydrates. You may crave more sugar. And honestly, I'm not quite sure why this might be the case. I have some research to do. But the main source I'm using for this podcast episode is the Cleveland Clinic. And they do mention this symptom. And I have seen this in other sources, too. My first guess is that perhaps you're just looking for a source of comfort And high carb, high sugar foods do often provide that, you know, when we're kind of going through a tough time. And that can be the case with seasonal depression. So those are the main symptoms when it comes to seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder. I want to also mention that it's not going to present the same in everybody. Just because you have one or two doesn't mean you don't have it you know, and it is important to just know yourself and note any changes from what is your baseline, what is your kind of typical mood and behavior as you go through the day. So please do not discount if you are starting to feel a little bit more tired, if you're starting to reach for the snacks a little bit more, if your mood is a little bit more down, please don't dismiss it. Don't think of it as as insignificant. Um, If you can track it with the change of the seasons, it might mean that some depression symptoms are setting in. So what is recommended when it comes to seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression? Therapy, definitely having someone to talk to about these transitions having them remind you of tools and strategies that you might be already knowledgeable of, but just need reminders of is helpful. 
antidepressant medication might be the route too. I have clients and I have met people who go on antidepressants for the winter season and it helps them get through it. And then once the warmer weather and warmer months come back around, they discontinue it. So I want to just mention that quickly because sometimes people are under the impression that antidepressants are a death sentence, that once you start them, you're going to be on them for life. And that's one of the reasons why I think people delay or they're kind of in denial about the help they need when it comes to medications because they believe that once they start them, they will never get off of it. That is not always the case. There are different contexts and situations around starting antidepressant medication. And it's very much possible that you can start them for a particular reason. And then once kind of like the storm has passed, if it's a prolonged period of time, then you discontinue them. Depending on what the medication is, you might be able to discontinue it immediately. Some other medications you might have to taper down. So say if you were on 100 milligrams over the course of the treatment, you might start taking 50 milligrams two weeks later, and then 25 milligrams three weeks later, and then you go down to zero. Uh, Because with some medications, the body just can't handle the shock of having that medication for such, such a long period of time, and then it just stopping. It can be too much for the body. And depending on the chemical makeup of the medication, we want to be careful about that. So knowing what type of medications those are would just have to be a conversation between you and your provider. But ultimately, I'm saying all this to say, if you think that medication could help you get through the winter months, please, please reach out to somebody, talk to someone who would be able to assess you and diagnose you and provide you with some help. It could very well give you the support you need to get through and then discontinue when the time is right. So also too, I talked about this in my last discussion episode. I believe it was nutrients and mental health and what my patients taught me. A lot of times our what impacts our mood, how we feel, our day-to-day is um, nutrient deficiency. And I think it is important for folks within their capacity to get regular labs done because you don't know what you might be deficient in when it comes to vitamins and nutrients that could be impacting your mental health. So particularly also, if you're struggling with the change of seasons, get your labs done, see if there's anything you're deficient in. Vitamin D is very important. It's important year round, but I think the the importance of it, the value of it ticks up a bit when it comes to the winter seasons because you are getting less sunlight, you are getting more darkness. With less sunlight, you're getting less vitamin D. And that means you're going to have to kind of take on the responsibility to make sure you're getting enough because lack of vitamin D can affect our mood, among a host of other physiological functions, but it does impact our mood. So it might be important, depending on what your levels are, it could be very important to buy a vitamin D supplement 
and just take it during the winter months to make sure you kind of keep your level steady. That way we can avoid, you know, more critical situations that could potentially be avoided if we do this, you know, make sure that our levels are good when it comes to vitamins and things of that nature. Another thing that can be helpful is um, light therapy. So getting a specialized therapy lamp. A lot of those are sold online. That can be helpful with the transition of the seasons. That can be helpful with slowing down the melatonin production at the end of the day, not having you feel so tired. And I think it's worth attempting because clients have used it in the past and they have said it has helped. So that's definitely a strategy that can work as well. Also too, to round out the discussion, anyone could develop seasonal depression. No one is immune, but I want to just highlight that people who struggle with depression in general and mental health disorders are at a higher risk of developing seasonal affective disorder. So if you know that to be you, then it would be important to take precautions as the seasons start to change. When we're getting into August slash September and the temperature is starting to go down a bit, And, you know, the days are getting shorter, the sun is setting, you know, at 730 and now seven and the days are getting, the nights are getting longer. So I just wanted to add that point in quickly too. Like I said, anyone could develop it. I think I struggle with it. Sometimes I definitely just have to put those coping strategies to work to help me but anyone can struggle with it and I also wanted to highlight the folks that have a history of mental health challenges can be particularly susceptible so I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that as well and you know you guys can always reach out to me if there are any questions about seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder, if there's anything about the topic or any other mental health topic for that matter. Just reach out to me, email me, DM me on Instagram. I would be happy to answer. So that concludes that portion of the podcast. I just wanted to make sure I talked about that as we are entering the fall slash winter slash holiday season. A lot of people have varying feelings about this time of year and it can be tough. And I'm sending love out to you all because the holidays are not a good and joyous time of the year for everybody. Whether we're talking about seasonal depression, whether we're talking about holidays and going to see family and interpersonal dynamics and just navigating all that, it can be hard. So I'm sending support and love to anyone who might need it as we are approaching Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the festivities that come with this time of year. 
So I'm going to end this episode by just offering a quick reminder that you can decide to change your life at any moment. <laughs> this might seem random. This might seem random, but I, I got that reminder today. And when I say you can decide to change your life in any moment, I'm not saying, you know, quit your job, unless that's something you want to do, unless that's something you think will be good for you. <laughs> you know, I am the number one cheerleader of leaving a toxic job because I see day in and day out how it impacts mental health, but I digress. <laughs> I am not saying quit your job, sell your house, move to Asia. I'm not saying that. <laughs> when I say every moment is an opportunity to change your life, I just mean that you can choose to do something differently. We sometimes feel like we are set in our ways. We feel like we're in a box. We don't have energy to shake things up. And maybe somebody needs to hear this right now because I kind of got the little kick in the pants today. Because I can, I can get comfortable. I like convenience. I like comfort to a fault sometimes. But... That's not where growth lies. Um, growth does not lie in comfort. Growth does not lie in convenience. You need to be a little uncomfortable. So you can change your life. You can decide to live life differently at any point, at any second. You can decide to switch the course of events at any moment. And that can mean getting up from the bed and stretching your body and committing to do this indefinitely. That can mean getting up and hydrating your body and giving your body the water that it needs to perform its essential functions. It can mean not being afraid of tackling what has been on your to-do list for three months. It can mean cleaning out that closet that you've been avoiding. It can mean deciding not to eat out for this week and make your meals at home and commit to a healthier regimen for that week. It can mean recommitting, it can mean committing or recommitting to a pursuit of knowledge and reading one article every day or reading a few pages in a book that you've been meaning to finish. It can mean taking up a hobby that you have been wanting to start or revisiting a hobby that gave you joy as a child. All those ways are ways to change your life in the moment. And all those ways are ways of improving your life in the long term. 
So I was reminded of that today. And I just wanted to pass along the message. So with that, I'm going to end the podcast here. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. I already said this, but I will say it again. If you have any questions, any thoughts, anything you want to share with me, any questions about seasonal affective disorder, any questions about anything mental health related or otherwise, any any situations you want me to give my two cents and are open to having me share it on the podcast, email me, let me know, DM me at my IG handles in the description. And I would love to respond and get back to you. Please rate and review this episode and this podcast if it positively impacted you. Please share with your loved ones, your friends, your book club, your everyone, everywhere. And I think that's it. So again, thank you guys. I love you guys as always. I appreciate y'all. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.